Hello and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle A's beat writer Matt Kawahara, and today our guest is A's Director of Player Development, Ed Sprague. We'll talk about the A's Instructional League camp, which just wrapped up in Arizona, which top A's prospects stood out there, and the impact that a year without minor league games is likely to have on player development. Well, uh, Ed, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, you guys just wrapped up Instructional League camp down in Arizona on Friday. Um, how, how did that go for you guys overall? What, what did you try to accomplish there, especially after um, such an odd season where development sort of was such a challenge? Yeah, you know, it wasn't really our traditional Instructional League. Uh, you know, normally we cover a lot of meetings and, you know, organizational philosophies and stuff like that. And we had kind of a mixed range of new players to the system and players that have been here before. The, the goal was really just to try to make up, you know, at-bats for the players and, and innings for the pitchers. And that was the biggest thing, to try to play as many games as possible. Not to say we didn't work on things, but it, it felt a little bit more like, you know, being at an affiliate, the way you come in, get your work done, ground balls, cage work, BP, stuff like that. It felt a little bit more season-like. Were you guys able to uh, play some games, whether that was inter-squads or games against other organizations, that kind of thing? Yeah, no, we were able to play 23 games against other teams, so it was good. And what were the games like? How, um, how did you structure those? How did you make sure the guys were, were sort of getting in that, um, that work that some of them had, had missed, those game reps that some of them had missed uh, over the course of not having a minor league season? Uh, we had 20 position players, so uh, we had to balance it out a little bit. There were some priority guys. It, it felt, that part felt a little bit more like instruction league. I mean, you could – you control the number of pitches in an inning, um, so guys didn't have to get extended. We played mostly nine inning games, um, and it was it was nice competitive baseball. How were um, sort of the, the the guys looking, the players looking overall? I mean, some of them you had um, had worked with for a little bit at the the San Jose alternate camp. I know some of the the invites were were there, and, and you were able to see them a little bit over the course of uh, late summer, but um, other guys were not, so they, if they were you know, doing work during that time, they were having to do it on their own. Um, how, how were the players looking overall? Was, was there some rust that, that some guys were needing to knock off? Did, did guys start to look maybe sharper as the time went on? Um, what was uh, kind of the, the quality of the work that you were able to do there? Well, I have to give the guys credit. They, I'd say they came in in, in, in good shape. Maybe not necessarily, you know, baseball game shape, but everybody looked really good. They all looked like they have been doing something over the break, uh, which is impressive and it goes to their character because, you know, it was a long time. And once that minor league season got canceled, it would have been very easy to, to kind of click into, you know, summer mode and off-season mode. And, and guys kind of followed the protocol, I think, hoping that we would do something in terms of Instruction League. Uh, and we did. So, yeah, there was a little rust in terms of seeing live pitching. And guys, I, I feel like guys got better over the course of the over the five weeks we were there. For guys that weren't uh, in San Jose, some of the um, maybe even some of the younger uh, younger prospects for for you, did, when things were shut down, did you sort of uh, keep contact with them? Were you giving them sort of um, I don't know like uh, things to work on specific uh, kind of plans to to stay in shape, or, or were you kind of turning guys loose and and um, saying you know if you uh, if you want to get work, kind of schedule that yourself or figure out how, how to, um, what, what best suits you. How did you handle that maybe from a, a player-by-player perspective? Yeah, from the moment we broke spring training in, uh, in March, we were in contact with the players every two weeks uh, at a minimum. 
you know, whether it was me early on or, you know, some of the other coaches, Jim Eppert, Gil Patterson, um, a lot of the coaches that, you know, that were working with these guys. But they had a game plan in terms of, like, how many innings we wanted them to get in if they were a pitcher. Um, we had in terms of what we wanted the hitters to do in, in terms of keeping in shape. So they had a plan going forward. Um, when it came to some of the, you know, the prospects – like Beck and Ironman that, you know, just, just missed the cut in terms of going to the alt site. You know, I had conversations with them personally to try to keep them going. And, and uh, you know, it was just came down to a numbers game, and we had to have we had to balance the alt site between the players who could – having enough players that could immediately impact the major league club versus, you know, developing some of the younger players. And that was always a balance there. Yeah. Um, now having uh, having seen kind of that group at, at the instructional league for uh, for a little while, who uh, who stood out to you in particular? Were there um, a couple of guys who um, you came away thinking that they had looked uh, looked pretty good for this time late in the year? I think they, they all improved. You know, I was you know Jonah Bride probably stood out the most in terms of improvement. He, you know, maybe not a top prospect, but he played really well. He doesn't really have one carrying tool. Uh, I thought Austin Speck plate recognition, you know, pitch recognition at the plate was was really good. Uh, Lawrence Butler's continued to show his ability to hit the ball really hard. Um, I thought that was good. I think Jeremy Ironman has made continue to make strides, so I thought that was great. Um, you know, on the pitching side, Colin Palouse really jumped up his velocity. Went from you know 92 to he, he's 96, 97 now. So that was kind of nice. The overall, the overall crop of pitchers, I thought, is, was kind of our best crop that we've had in Structure League for quite a bit of time. Um, almost every guy averaging over 90 miles an hour, and we, and we had a handful of guys that were in the, you know, 94 to 90, 98. What, uh, um, aside from the velocity, I mean, what is there anything specific about maybe this group of, of the younger arms that, uh, that stood out? Uh, they seem to be a little bit taller, a little more athletic. Um, you know, like I said, a little bit more advanced in their pitchability. Criswell out of Michigan's got kind of wipeout slider and gets up to eight, you know ninety-eight. Uh, you know, but Acker's got a really good breaking ball. So there's it's, it's a nice balance of uh, of attacks. You know, from a combination of like I said, velocity and pitchability. So I thought overall, it just it looks like a better crop. Wanderson Charles continued to make progress. Uh, he was at the outside with us, of course, but. Uh, you know, counting the strike zone with all three pitches was important for him, and I felt like he continued to make strides. And uh, you know, even Brian Howard, and you know, was was really good. He, he had a tick up in velocity. So, and Parker Dunchy, you know, pitched very well too. So, overall, I thought we pitched really good. You know, had some strikeout stuff. You know, it was, it was a nice camp. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to ask you a little further about uh, some of the specific guys in a minute, but um, just. Uh, Quickly, uh, you, there was, a, I think, a, a short stretch there where you, you guys had to shut down the camp uh, following a positive test. And obviously this was such a strange, um, an unusual season overall, and there were quite a few teams who, who had to deal with that. Obviously the A's had their uh, their major league schedule, um, had the layoff for about five days after they had the positive test in, in Houston. Uh, how did how did guys handle that from uh, from your perspective, where where things kind of had to uh, to shut down briefly and then and then start up again? Um, and I, I guess at, at that point late in the year, um, with everybody sort of knowing, being aware that this was a possibility, and, and kind of what you have to do uh, after that point, how, how did you feel like the group sort of handled that overall? Oh, I think very well. I mean, obviously it was disappointing. We went 
from, you know, July 13th all the way up to that point and without any positives. And we had one positive, which, um, you know, we think might have ended up being a, a false positive, you know, based on the, you know, follow-up, you know, testing during the same week and after the fact. So, um, you know, our trainers did a really good job. I got to give like credit to a lot of our players for keeping their noses clean. And uh, we were able to finish the camp pretty good. So, you know, it's not easy to keep – you know, 18 to 24 year olds, you know, locked inside, um, you know, and, and not going out and, and being around each other and stuff like that. So uh, they were very respectful. And I, I thought we'd had a really good camp, even even following the protocols within camp, you know, and wearing their masks and social distancing or whether on the field. And you know, I thought they everybody did a really good job. And it was it was a tough year. But everybody kind of took it in stride. You know, that's just what it was. You know, we knew we knew the protocols. We knew what would happen if somebody tested positive. And, you know, we locked down for a few days and, and did our follow-up testing. And thankfully, everybody turned out fine. And, and we didn't have a super spreader event. And, and uh, we went about our business and finished up camp. Were those protocols, were those similar to, uh, to what you were doing at the alternate side in San Jose? Or uh, because it's a, a different state, were there, were there differences at all in what you were maybe able to do in terms of having guys together? Or, or was it similar kind of restrictions, limits? Yeah, the protocols were the same. I just think the difference was uh, Arizona had more things open mm. than, than Santa, Santa Clara County. That would, that would probably be the big, biggest difference. We, you know, we were staying in downtown San Jose. There wasn't a whole lot open. There wasn't a whole lot for guys to do in terms of getting food, um, you know, and, and it's like Arizona's being a little bit more wide open. And and so I think we, we had to lean our trust on the guys a little bit more, but the protocols themselves were, were all the same. Yeah. Did you feel, uh, even with that sort of uh, short hiatus there, uh, did you feel like you guys were still, uh, as a staff, kind of able to accomplish what you wanted to uh, with this instructional league camp? Yeah, absolutely. I think it was, you know, it was great to be able to get these guys out here, get some eyes on them, give them a chance to move around, see what kind of develop they did. It's, you know, it's not a perfect world where they had a whole season, and and I think it's going to disrupt, you know, some guys worse than others. I think some of the younger, younger guys will bounce back uh, because they maybe maybe they missed a half season or whatever. Um, but you know, some of those mid-range guys where they're kind of that peak development time, you know, that yeah, that's going to hurt, but. You know, it shouldn't be a shouldn't be a death sentence. They should be able to continue to work hard. You know, and everybody, everybody in the industry is in the same boat, so right. uh, it's not like we're any different than anybody else. Right. Um, so to to maybe ask about just a couple of the players and and a few of them that uh, you already mentioned. Um, one guy who was not at San Jose but uh, was at Instructional League was uh, was Austin Beck, uh, 2017 first round pick. Um, a, a guy who, as you said, maybe just missed the cut uh, there for the alternate site. Um, from what you saw of him at, at instructional league, what um, what was he able to do maybe during the time where he was away from you guys, and uh, was he able to sort of make specific strides in, in areas where you, where you saw him uh, kind of improve this year, even though there was not that that season, those game reps, and until uh, you know until late there in Arizona. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that Austin needed to work on was obviously his pitch recognition, uh, you know, attacking his pitch in the zone and squaring it up, and you know, that's, you can talk about that all you want in terms of approach, but if you're not getting game at bats, it becomes very difficult uh, to do. And, uh, but somehow he seemed to have a better grasp of it. He seemed to have a better grasp of the strike zone. He got himself in better counts. Uh, he swung at better pitches. 
Um, you know, and when you swing at better pitches, the ball comes off your bat better. And I think that's what we saw at Austin. He still obviously is a plus average def- plus defender. Um, but the biggest thing with him is like, you know, can he get the bat to ball skills back and controlling the strike zone? That's going to allow him for his power to, sh- to shine. Did he, uh, did you talk with him a little bit at all about, uh, about that pitch recognition aspect of maybe if there was any way that he kind of found or, uh, to work on that even even during this uh, this year where he wasn't really probably seeing very much live pitching? I mean, I think you had to see a little bit of live pitching, but, you know, it's just not the same, in, you know, every day in, day out, every night. And I'm not sure what kind of pitching he was facing. Um, you know, and then there's obviously there's no statistics to uh, to, to follow it. So um, we didn't have – we didn't specifically have that conversation in terms of how he got it done. Um, and I think, you know, early on he was a little anxious in camp, but I think as camp went on he – continue to uh, improve on that we'll be back with more with ed sprague right after this and remember you can access all of our ace coverage and much more with a subscription to the san francisco chronicle go to sfchronicle.com slash pod that's sfchronicle.com slash pod One guy who uh, was not either in San Jose or instructionally was uh, was Laz Armenteros, um, who's a pretty significant signing in uh, in 2016. Was a 17 year old um, signed a three million bonus with the uh, dollar bonus with the A's. Uh, was just wondering if uh, if there was any particular reason why he wasn't on either uh, either roster for you guys this year. Again, I mean, it's you know we're making decisions based on what we got to do, uh, and uh, there wasn't really one no rhyme or reason other than you know he probably would have been the next guy up type situation. You know, we wanted to see some of the younger guys um, and, and where they were at in their development and some other guys that obviously were maybe a little bit higher up on the development chain. So it was that balance of maybe some of the guys we hadn't seen. One of the younger, uh, maybe maybe one of the youngest um, prospects that you have uh, there is, is uh, Robert Poisson at um, at. at uh, shortstop position and he is uh, still just 18 um, he was in San Jose with you he, he was in instructional league uh, what uh, wh- what was maybe the goal for his sort of uh, progress this year um, even after it was a little bit disrupted and, and how did you see him kind of maybe improve from uh, from the start of the year until the end of instructs here yeah what we have to remember about Robert is he really haven't he hasn't had one professional at bat against a another another team in a real game you know and so uh it's unfair to kind of put any judgment on but look i will say his maturity level from the beginning of the alt side to the end was was amazing i think he he got a little tired uh you know come instructionally and i don't think he played quite as well as he did early on um i think the being around the older players uh was really important uh at the alt side to learn some some discipline I think uh, shortstop is obviously an, an area of interest, uh, given, given some of the uncertainty at the, at the position at the major league level right now, wondering you know, when some of the guys who are in the system, um, how, how they're doing, how they're progressing. Uh, Logan Davidson obviously was a first-round pick only a year ago and, and didn't even, it did not get the, the season of development this year. Uh, how does that impact somebody who's really in his just first year uh, in a system, not, not having those games to play, and, and what maybe sort of strides did you see him make from start of the year to the finish? Yeah, so Logan is uh, a true pro. Uh, I mean, I think that – I don't want to say he made more strides than anybody else, but it, 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 it was hard to 
imagine that you had to you had to kind of kick yourself like really this guy's only played a half a season. Um, he he would have felt like this guy was coming off double A. He felt like he was a roster guy. Um, it, there was just so many good things about what he did as a player and, and who he is as a person and how he goes about his business. It's just it's really really impressive and um, and his overall approach improved. And I think that's a credit to, you know, his, his work ethic and everything he does. But his, his power showed, and, you know, he showed how why he was a first-rounder, you know. And, and like I said, I saw him a little bit in college. I saw, you know, some things last year. And obviously you saw the skill set. But uh, this summer was, it was, like, pretty impressive. Was uh, was that kind of approach the, the, the main area that you saw, uh, saw progress from him? And, and how was uh, defensively, how, how did he look for you? Yeah, he looked good. He played, you know, he played all three spots, mostly because out of necessity at the alt site, because we had all shortstops. So all the shortstops had to play everywhere. Um, but he played great. He played good short. He played good third. Uh, you know, I don't think he likes second as much, and he, he would tell you that, but he played there fine. Um, he didn't get a ton of right-handed bats because we only had one left-handed pitcher, um, but he hit a home right-handed once, once we got to instructional league. Um, but he's, you know, I'd say he looks really good and, and I, I'd say he's, you know, I don't want to fast track him. He hasn't even played a full season yet, but I think he's certainly pointed in the right direction. How about uh, this year's first round pick, a Tyler Soderstrom uh, at catcher, who um, kind of comes into this this odd situation as well. Uh, what sort of um, I guess first impression or early impressions were you able to get from him uh, at uh, at Instruct? Well, we first saw him in uh, in San Jose. Mm. And uh, he came out, I mean, he can really swing the bat. I mean, really advanced approach for a high school kid uh, in terms of balance and pitch recognition at the plate. Showed good power at all fields. Uh, he's got a chance to be a plus hitter with plus power. Uh, defensively, he's got the skill set behind there. He just needs a lot of reps. He needs a lot of reps behind the plate. Uh, but he's got good hands. He's got a good arm. You know, and he just hasn't, you know, he missed his whole senior year. Um, probably, you know, given his career, how many games has he possibly caught? Maybe 50 in his whole life? Mm-hmm. You know, that he'll make that up in the first half of next year. So um, it was good to get him with our catching in- instructor, Gabe Ortiz, and and uh, I think he, he made a lot of strides defensively and, and structurally. Uh, so one more one more Davidson question. Obviously, that's a guy who, as you mentioned, he's played uh, a half season and he played it at A-ball. What – at what point do you start to think about, you know, where he, or can you sort of say what where he might have been uh, at the end of this year in a, in a normal year, or where he he could potentially start the season um, next year, like wh- where uh, where he might slide? And obviously, there are still many questions about what the minor league season looks like. Uh, do you start to think about uh, that with guys at this point about um, you know where you what level you might like to see them playing at next year, or or is there just too much uncertainty still at this point? Uh, I mean, I think there's, it's a little bit of both. I mean, you surely give it thought, but I mean, there's so much uncertainty at this point. I mean, there's no point in putting a ton of time into it. I mean, Logan would have started in Stockton this year. You know, would he have gotten to double A maybe at some point, you know, depending on how he would have played. And, um, you know, obviously Nick would have been in double A. Wouldn't he have made it? So yeah, we, we got Nick and we got Ironman and we got Logan. And the biggest thing is, you know, we want these guys to develop and get their reps in and be confident. Um, 
and be able to move on. And I, there's not any rush to be able to get them with one level or the next. I think they're good guys. It's really just want to make sure they're getting their bats. And, you know, we have some things that we can measure to make sure that they're, uh, you know, they're doing things properly. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg Diekman had a really good uh, Arizona Fall League last year. Um, might, might have been at AAA, uh, maybe potentially this season. How did you evaluate his, um, his time with you guys this year? He was good. He was really good at the at the outside. I thought he played really well. I thought he got down to instruction league, trying to start doing too much, uh, over swinging, and you know, and just trying to prove that he's ready to go, and maybe prove to some of the younger guys that you know he's at a higher level than than they were. Um, and you know, he just got out of his zone and started swinging and pitches out of the zone. You know, later at the end, right at the end, he, he and he knew that, and right at the end, he kind of was able to straighten that up and and go into the off season with some some positive stuff, but. You know, Greg, just a matter of staying healthy, right? I mean, when he stays healthy, we know he can swing the bat. Right. And then you mentioned sort of at the start uh, just the uh, the impressive or the um, the impression that the uh, the pitching staff made uh, on you there at Instructional League. Uh, Jeff Criswell is a second round pick out of uh, out of Michigan this year. Um, just early impressions of him. It sounds like he uh, did a little bit of both, starting and relieving at Michigan, but uh, but is a hard thrower overall. Do you? Uh, can you get a sense of maybe how he projects for you guys and, and uh, what were sort of your first impressions of him? Yeah, I mean, I think our first sense is to see if we can he can start, you know, and, um, you know, if he can't, you know, maybe you fast-track him as uh, the bullpen as an arm. I mean, he certainly has a powerful arm. He's got a wipeout slider. His changeup seems to be plus, um, you know. So I think just to see how, where he goes from there. I mean, we only saw him in, you know, two, two inning stints, I think, down here. Uh, instructs so does he carry that velo throughout but uh you know a, a nice live arm to add to the system is certainly great whether he ends up in a bullpen or as, as a starter um you certainly hope he could project as a starter um and i think depending on how you look at him i think if he cleans some things up mechanically he certainly could be a starter um but if not you know there's no reason he couldn't he couldn't slot into the, the back end of a bullpen mm-hmm. And uh, another live arm, like you're talking about, Juanison Charles, the guy with uh, he's had really big strikeout numbers in the minors, has also had some high walk totals. Um, is that uh, something that you, you guys are trying to maybe cut down on with the with the walks, or uh, how did he look overall for you uh, for this year? I think Wadi's made good strides over the last two years. Really, I mean, from where he was, I think a couple of years ago he was throwing balls off the backstop in Arizona on Field Four, uh, and then you know. Another year later, he's pitching in double-A, I think. It seems like he moved really fast once he kind of got out of Arizona and got into the system. He's a great kid. He's, uh, you know, he, his confidence dips down here and there, but that's just normal for being young. And he's got a phenomenal arm. And I think when he keeps his delivery athletic, uh, he can pound the strike zone really good. And he's going he's gonna to be erratic from time to time. I mean, most guys that throw 97, 98 do have a little bit of erraticness in them. Um, so you're going to live with that. But I think his – Secondary stuff was a, was a priority, and I think he was able to improve that. Uh, you mentioned Colin Palouse uh, also. Was the velocity jump there? Was that a little bit of a, a surprise, or was that something that you guys felt like he um, he potentially had in him? And, and how was he able to unlock that? Do you think? Well, I'd have to go back over the scouting reports to see uh, if any proje- anybody projected that to jump like that. But I don't think anybody any of our coaches really saw it. I, you know, we talked to him about it, and he was able to spend that time. In the off, he was really lifted heavy with his legs and, and kind of got after it in the weight room. And, uh, and, you know, I've always said this. Sometimes those college arms, you know, coming fresh out of, you know, out of college, sometimes they need a break. You know, these guys have been pitching 
probably year round nowadays since they were 10 years old. And sometimes just getting a little bit of a break with the arm extended break, um, you know, they, they come back fresh and get a chance to work out and do some other things other than baseball. So maybe it's a combination of the two of those things. Yeah. I mean, just uh, kind of um, from a big picture perspective from, for some of the guys that maybe weren't at that alternate site uh, and did spend a little bit more time away from you. How did you, did you get a sense that maybe there was that, um, that kind of flip side of this time off where, Maybe you guys were able to, to get a little bit of rest um, that they wouldn't otherwise have. And uh, uh, was there anybody in particular maybe who you think benefited from from that time uh, the most? I don't know if there's any one person in particular. I mean, I think obviously if you had an injury, if you were a Tommy John guy, I mean, it benefited you because you didn't miss anything, right? Um, if you had a you know an arm injury guy or significant injury that you're going to miss the whole year, that certainly helped you in terms of you didn't miss any development from – anybody else um but i think you know we encourage the guys to to take the time and you know enjoy themselves as much as they could you know being responsible and socially distancing and all that other stuff um you know still wanted them to work out and and get their work in and everything else but you know we kind of knew from early on that there wasn't going to be a minor league season and you know as much as we wanted these guys to work out and the pitchers were a little bit different because they had a had to log innings in terms of getting their workload um, for the next year, you know, because you, could, you had to, couldn't jump them too many innings if they hadn't thrown any innings in, in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we encouraged the position players to, you know, stay, play a little golf, play tennis, you know, do something different that maybe, you know, still an athletic move, but um, gets them out of the, the wear and tear grind of being a baseball player. And I think some of them enjoyed that and came back with a clear mind for it. And, uh, you know, lots of questions still here going into uh, next year about, even what uh, what what the minor leagues might look like, um, whether there will be uh, sort of you know contraction there, and even lingering questions about uh, about the pandemic and and um, what's going to be possible for spring training and 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 beyond. Can you sort of uh, at this point do you try to or do you can you forecast what development next year will look like? Uh, do you think that there are things that you might have to start thinking about? Um, doing a little bit differently or, or were there lessons maybe to take from this year and into next year knowing that that there, there are still those questions and that you might still have to uh be creative here for a little while <laughs> i wish i could forecast if you if you find someone that can forecast it let me know i don't think anybody will be able to tell you uh what, what's going to happen moving forward um for quite a few months um, lastly, overall, it's, it, it might be a little bit difficult to forecast right now. But uh, in retrospect, do you, do you think that there was um, that there was a cost of, of not uh, having this full year for for a group uh, of prospects overall, like like you have there in the system? And and you know, as you mentioned, this is uh, something that that every team had to deal with, where where their prospects lost uh, lost this year. Um, maybe there's a little bit of work being able to be made up, but. What do you think the effect is going to be going forward? Is there going to be sort of a, a lingering effect for the, for this group that was uh, that, that was affected maybe by it this season? There's no doubt it affected everybody, you know. But I, you know, I think the the group that is most affected is that the fringe prospect, not the prospect. He's going to have a job. He's going to get some at bats. Yeah, granted, he lost a year, uh, which gonna, is going to hurt him on the back end in terms of his age you know, we get to arbitration and free agency and all that other stuff. So there's obviously the aging curve that hurts everybody in this, but you know, it's that 25 to 26 year old double a guy. That's a really good player. 
He's a baseball player. He's starting to put up some numbers and, and put his name on the map a little bit and then missing a year. Um, it certainly hurts the, the six-year free agent veteran guys that, you know, for the first time they get a chance to maybe make some real money, at least, you know, playing in AAA and having a chance to break into the big leagues. Um, you know, and obviously you, you see all the, you know, all the uh, people that have had to, you know, unfortunately get re- released from the from player development and scouting and everything else. So there's a, there's a, it hurts a lot of different groups of people, but um, I think the prospects will, will be able to rebound and recover based on their age and their ability. Um, it's that, it's like, it's that fringy guy that kind of was starting to break through to become a prospect, you know, getting him, but maybe working himself into that top 30 and then missing a year and, and having another year of age. I think that's probably the biggest group that hurts. Yeah. Well, uh, Ed, thanks very much, uh, for joining us today and, uh, hopefully you can, uh, enjoy a little bit of off season here after, after a, a, a difficult trying year and, and going into to 2021. All right. Thanks, Matt. Thanks again to Ed Sprague for joining us on A's Plus. Our producers today were G. Allen Johnson and King Kaufman. We'll be back again soon with more on A's Plus. Thanks for listening.